Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hi, my name's Eric Engel with my beautiful, fantastically talented wife, Jolene Engel, for another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast. So tell me, what do we have for today? Well, today we're still in the series of Proverbs for Couples. Okay. Okay. And we're going to talk about God's advice on marriage. More specifically, do we mock his advice or do we embrace his advice? Okay. Well, that's a good subject. Let's go. Okay. So I'm going to Take the listener to Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So I guess the question that we have to ask ourselves is, do we have that reverence for the Lord? Not like, I'm afraid of God, and he's the boogeyman, and he's going to be harsh. Not that type of fear, okay? Because he's a, he's a loving God. He's an awesome God. That type of fear of, he's a smarter God than I am. Absolutely. Is there any question about that? Well, I think sometimes we we question his word based on our intellect, based on our perspective, um, the culture, our emotions. All those things could be in direct opposition to God's word. So in essence, we're kind of questioning how smart God is when we're not really submitting to his his word and his plan for marriage. Okay. Well, I'm saved. So, and Glad I believe to hear that. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, thank you for that. I'm saved <laughs> and I believe God's word and I'm married. So everything's good, right? Well, that's, that's the start. Okay. That's the start. That's what most people would say is a Christian marriage. But I'm not just interested in a Christian marriage. I'm interested in my marriage being Christ-centered. I'm interested in doing marriage God's way. Not my way with a little hashtag, I'm a Christian, okay? Because I want the beauty of Christ in the center of our marriage. But that requires me to lay down a lot of my emotions and thoughts and perspectives and, and how the culture views marriage and wifehood and you know, the, the biblical roles of a husband and wife. Okay, well, you said something to me yesterday that I think is really key. And it's not like I didn't know it, but it, it, it brought this back to mind. Uh, when we've gone through various trials and such, you at one point said that you had the attitude of, hey, you know, I've been faithful, and why isn't God blessing me? Right. And, and you said to me, you said you, you realized that it's all about him and that you are not the star of the show. He's the star of the show. And so many times we look at our marriage and we look at our situation and our trials and where is God in the midst of our trials. But even... even I thought he was on a vacation in the midst of our trials. But, but the problem was, was that the focus was on me. us or yeah. me, right. right? Right. Rather than the focus is on him. So even in marriage... We think, oh, it's about us, right. but it's not. Yes. I had a spirit of entitlement in my lack of spiritual understanding, lack of spiritual growth. Now, mind you, I'm reading the Bible. I'm doing Bible study. I'm at church every week. I'm doing all those right 
biblically based things. I'm committed to the Lord. I'm pursuing him wholeheartedly. And yet I still had this, how much more do we need to go through? Like how many more trials do we need to go through? And that's when he taught me that really, if my heart was to please him, and it was, right? I had a heart to please God, but I also had that desire, you know, Lord, help me to be more like you. Okay, I don't become like Jesus with no trials. Well, I understand, but but bring us back to the fear of the Lord. Right. Okay? And, he's God and I'm not. Right. He knows what and, he's doing and I don't. And even those situations, the focus kind of turned that, hey, this is about us. Hey, we're, yes. we're here. We're struggling. We need help. And yes, we always call on the Lord for help, but the focus always needs to go back to, hey, it's about you, Jesus. If I'm going through trial, if I'm going through hardship, if I'm dying, mm-hmm. okay, and some people are in that situation, right. Right. it's still a supporting role to who he is and, yes. and his leading role. I learned, he, the Holy Spirit whispered to me that I am the leading lady. I am not the starring role. Okay. okay? Jesus is the starring role, which was what my heart wanted. Okay. But then that meant I needed to get over my entitlement. Okay. It's not all about me. It's all about Jesus. And it's about the fear of the Lord because it's all, I want my entire life to reflect him. And I want my life to bring him glory. So if I want to live a life that's glorifying him, then I'm not the lead. Well, and as usual, I took us down a rabbit hole, but I'm going to bring us back. (laughs) Okay. But I guess bring us back, meaning that if he's the star of the show, and it's about him, then we have to follow him and what he says about wisdom, what he says about marriage, what he says about life. Right. He said, if you love me, you'll obey me. You'll follow me. I mean, the gospel message is simple. Follow me. If you love me, you'll do my commandments. Right. 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 And we say, well, we love you, but... We love you, but we love you, but we love you, but we say that all day long, you know, and we discount. Well, this is what we say. We love you, but if Lord, if you love us, you'll do what we want. Right. And so in, in our pride and arrogance and intellect and the culture, we discount what his word says on marriage. Well, and what's really interesting is that we do what we want. We want God to support what we want because we think it's best, but really... We're if we we're ignorant. If we follow what he set up, it is way way better. Let me say it again, way better than well, what than what we want. Okay, so here's Proverbs 14:26. In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence and his children will have a place of refuge. And I said to you one day, you know, I don't bring a popular message but I bring the right message because it's the biblical message and if you are always stand on the word of God, you're always right. Okay. There is a refuge there. There is a strong confidence there because you're lining yourself up with the scriptures. You're standing on God's word. So you could either stand on God's word or you could stand on your emotions and your past and, and what the world has to say. And it's just like, which one is sure? Which one is that solid ground? And which one is shaky? It's like, okay, I'm going for solid ground all day long. Well, absolutely. But how many times have you heard world wisdom coming out of members of the church? Oh, all the time. All the time. All the time. Right? Because it's like, okay, I'm saved. Now I can lay my Bible aside and I'll kind of figure out my, what's truth for me, my own wisdom. And, and they take bits and pieces about what they see on shows and, and what they feel and what they experience and kind of put together this hodgepodge of what I would say garbage that does not line up with God's word. And it's not with bad intentions. It's with good intentions because they want to follow the Lord 
but only when, I, I guess only when it's comfortable. Right. And I, I don't want to be pointing fingers because I'm in that category oh, as well. Sure, sure. I've already had my, my pity party angry at God and I can't believe you're allowing this to happen. Okay. That was yesterday. No. <laughs> and you're over it today. <laughs> you know, I have those moments, but what is the anchor to my soul? It's the word of God. What is the anchor? What is that sure foundation that I want to cling to and build upon? And that is the Bible is God's marriage manual. And I could argue with him all day long, which I've had my arguments with God, and he wins, okay? Because if I'm going to say I'm a Christ follower, then I should follow his word. And obviously, that's why you have the Holy Spirit convicting you towards righteousness, convicting you towards that right thing, okay? Okay. So let's just assume that everyone agrees that they should follow God's word. By the way, I'm telling you, you should agree <laughs> that you should follow God's word, but- You, the listener. Uh, and you, you, the listener. And, and me as your wife. Right. Right. But- I don't know what God's word says. Okay. How do I? That could I be mean, an objection. Yeah. It could be. I don't know what God's word says. What does it say for marriage? I mean, does it actually spell out marriage in the Bible? It does. And they are very hard truths to swallow for most wives based on today's culture. And sometimes I, I think God has put me here on this planet to do just that, to help the wives see a beautiful picture and not prison. Okay? Uh, I believe he has. Okay. So anyway, so the, I, I wanted to have this podcast episode really be that biblical foundation, you know, to create that Christ-centered marriage. And it starts with the fear of the Lord, because if you don't fear God in that reverencing him and placing him as that authority in your life, then you're going to do marriage your way. So let me just take everyone back to who God is and what he's done, because a lot of times we say, oh yeah, God, you know, bless me and, and whatever and help me and that sort of thing. But here is a spiritual being who with words spoke physical things into existence, right. spoke the world, spoke the universe, spoke the sun, the animals, all creation into the universe. So he said, let there be light. Okay, not Boom. Only, hey, but not only that, listen to this. By wisdom, the Lord founded the earth. By understanding, he created the heavens. By his knowledge, the deep foundations of the earth burst forth, and the dew settles beneath the night sky. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Okay, that's, that's a book of Proverbs right there. You know, it starts off, Proverbs 3, it, it goes into those verses about so, how God formed the earth with his wisdom. So setting the stage for who he is. Okay. And if you just sit down and think, does anyone know anyone who can speak anything into existence? But, you know, they, no, obviously. I mean, you know, I'm not treating you like you're stupid, but you know. I, I didn't take it that way. Uh, I, no, but I mean, in general, you know, but if you really think about, wow, he has such power and knowledge and wisdom to create all these intricate things by his word, by his knowledge, by his wisdom, that they work together. And yet we think that he's not too bright about marriage, or I know better than about marriage than he does. Well, and I see that couple over there, and they seem to be doing just fine, even though they're not lining themselves up with what the Bible has to say. I mean, I hear those objections all the time. Well, and here's the real deal about that, is that everyone looks great on the outside. Everyone's all shiny and sparkly and wonderful and happy and nice and sweet and loving and, and caring and everything else on the outside, okay? But when they step inside their door, things change. Yeah, how are they at home? Who they are at home is who they really are. Right, right. And, and we've heard people say, well, you know, the, 
he's so nice at, at work. He's such a nice, kind guy, or she's such a nice, kind, sweet gal at work. Of course, you have to be, or you get fired. Right. Okay? Right. You know, that's ridiculous. Of course, you're going to be that way. When was the last time a guy went up and punched his boss in the face and kept his job? Or a woman was arguing and contending and quarreling with her boss. She would not be working there very long. Right. So you. you I mean, if I were her boss, I'd fire her. Right. You have to be that way in public. Right. But when you go home, then it's all different. How are you there? Are you acting and treating your spouse the way that God has laid out? Are you guys in the roles that God has laid out? Are you following just Christian wisdom and Christian guidelines as to how to be a man or a woman of God? Well, and it goes back to I knew as a new. When I was a new believer and you and I had just started dating, we and I remember this as if it were yesterday, we were at the old spaghetti factory. Right. And I had met your dad and I we're standing outside waiting to get our table because it was your entire family. You know, siblings, wives, husbands, aunt, right, uh, nieces right. and and so forth. So big party. And I'm the new kid on the block and I'm standing out there and your dad comes up to me and he says so why did you get saved? Something along those lines. Like that was the, the question. Basically, he was interested in how did I get saved? What made me come to Jesus? Right. And nobody had asked me that question before. We're an inquisitive family. Well, I basically, <laughs> I didn't have like this, you know, story to give to him. Right. But what the first thing that came to my mind when he said, why'd you come to Jesus? And I said, I got smart. Okay. Meaning that there was, without me realizing it, I was fearing God because I was God ignorant, you know, as an atheist, you're God ignorant. Right. And I decided to get God smart. Okay. Well, so what sparked that? What sparked me coming to Jesus? Yeah. I want a better life. Because you, you had tried the world's way. Oh, yeah. I tried the world's way and, and my way. And it, it didn't work. It was a disaster, a complete train wreck in the gutter, couldn't get any worse. So I kind of had that thought of, well, what did I have to lose? You're smart enough to realize, hey, this ain't working. So this I, ain't got, working. I got to head a different direction. Right, right. So before you came along, you know, I, I decided, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus. And then somehow I landed in the book of Proverbs and it was just, I couldn't get enough of that, that I'm like, wow, this gives me actual instructions on how to live. And obviously there were, you know, verses in there that insulted me emotionally because I'm like my own little mini Messiah. It's kind of like, I don't know that I want to give up some of that emotional courting of, I believe that this is how it should be. Okay. But what it comes down to is, do I fear God? Because I wanted that wisdom. But in order to get that wisdom, I had to fear God. Well, and wisdom, God throughout the Bible has said that wisdom is the most important yes. part. Okay. If you're seeking something, he gave uh, Solomon the opportunity, hey, whatever you want. And Solomon said, hey, I want wisdom. Right. Yeah. And because he chose the best part, he gave him everything. He gave him everything. Yeah. You know, take a bath in the water of wisdom, which is the word of God. You, you've got to get get to that point in your mind. But see, I can't make a person want that. Right. To, to seek out that wisdom. Well, and what if someone says, I don't like what the Bible says? Too bad for you, fool. I mean, that's my thought. It's not going to go well. It right. is not going to go well. I mean, you could argue with God and question God all day long. Okay, go ahead and have those arguments with God. But I really hope that when you come out of that like boxing ring, you realize that he's the champion. Undisputed. Right, because he brings forth wisdom to make your life better. That instruction is to produce a beautiful life. 
not to get you in a headlock and keep you there, but the choice is yours. I look at Proverbs 1, 22, 23. It says, how long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. But there's a cost that you have to pay for wisdom. Yeah, and that but what's is, so cool? I mean, there's an open invitation right there. Open invitation. Okay. But you have to lay down your pride and say, God is smarter than I am. Okay. So then let's agree. Uh, anyone, and we're talking <laughs> specifically to you right now that are listening to this podcast, let's agree that God is smarter than we are. God is smarter than you are. God is smarter than I am. Okay? Right. And then, you know, and I'm setting this up. I'm setting the foundation up so we could then move into other attributes of a husband and wife, because then that's when the rubber meets the road well, there. And here's what's so interesting. You know, if we're looking at finances and we see someone who is a millionaire or billionaire, we listen to their advice. Oh, what are they going to say right, about investment? Right. Or what are they going to say about how to build a business? Okay. Or other experts on, on this or that, what are they going to say? You know, they have all this experience. They have all this wisdom about that. And yet here is the pure best wisdom that's ever been offered ever. And we say, ah, we're not listening to that. We're going to go listen to ourselves or someone else who's the, a dummy the, about the this. The behavior is justified. Right. A lot of justification of the behaviors, emotionally justifying it. And in our culture today, so many double standards that it's disgusting. But that's another podcast. That is another podcast. You know? But I want the listener to really be open to saying yes to God's plan, yes to his word, yes to God is smarter than I am, because that really opens up their heart and mind to be in a position where they're saying, Lord, I want to follow your ways for okay. that Christ-centered marriage. So here's something else that, that I'm sure goes through some minds is, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I'm going to lose who I am. I'm afraid that my life's going to be miserable. I'm afraid that I'm just going to be destroyed if I allow God's wisdom. It kind of sounds to- like the Israelites, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a lot of fear there. They didn't trust God. There's giants in the land. You know, I'm not going over there. And yet, what was the land that God had for them? It was a land of milk and honey. Sure. And, and if we preface that, I mean, they were led out of Egypt, mm-hmm. the plagues, you know, kind of set the stage for them being released from Egypt. And then here they are at the Red Sea, and here come the Egyptians. Uh, Pharaoh, for some reason, says, you know what? I'm not letting them go, and I'm going after them. And they're, they're there going, hey, what do we do? And God opens up the Red Sea. I mean, just picture this. You're standing right there, and it just opens up. Yeah, I can't even imagine. And you can walk through it. And the last one walks out. And he waits till the Egyptians kind of get into it, and then he closes it up, and they all drown. Okay, that alone. I mean, that's that's one of the first major miracles outside of the plagues. Right. That uh, that I just be going, wow, look at that. There's no way to physically explain that. Right. And so then he leads them through the desert with a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Okay, so I don't know when the last time anyone saw a pillar of fire that just kind of led you around. Never. You know, it didn't consume anything, but never. it just... And I've l- never had a burning bush talking to me either. Right. And then they're, they don't have food, and manna, food, falls from the <laughs> sky. Okay, so it's not a natural sort of thing that, oh, we found these plants with food on it, or we found these animals that can be food. I mean, this... It came down and was on the ground every morning for them to gather right. this unnatural. Okay, so God's doing all this stuff. He's taking care of them. And and then they say, well, we're afraid to take the promise that he's given us. Right. Okay, because God gives promises. And he gives promises about marriage as well. 
Right. Okay. And they go into the land. They send spies in there. And it's like, oh, they're giants. We don't want to go in. It's just like, are you kidding me? After everything he's done, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't believe that God can do what he says he's going to do. Well, and that goes back to them not trusting God, even though he is clearly trustworthy, even though he showed them, I'm here. I'm not leaving you and I'm not going to forsake you. So anytime I'm sitting down with a wife or you and I are dealing with couples, you know, we're always looking at, is it a lack of knowledge of what God's word says for marriage? Is it a rebellious spirit? And then I always say, but then there's that third one. And that third one is fear. You know, they're not so quick to move forward in God's word because the fear could be paralyzing them. Well, and fear ultimately becomes rebellion. Yes. Yes. There, there is that be- side of it. Because there's, whatever the reason is, is that we we decide we're not going to follow God's word. We're going to rebel against it. It could be fear. There could be other reasons. Right. It could be pride. There could be a lot of things. But there's either rebellion or lack of knowledge. Now, we want to help you with lack of knowledge. Rebellion, we can't help you with. I mean, no, that's a that's, that's a, a heart part. that's a heart issue. And that, it's towards God. Right. And you have to deal with the Lord on that. Right. So if you've got a spouse that has a hard heart, then you pray the Lord to ask the Lord to soften their heart, whether it's a he or she, because you could try and minister to that heart all day long, but it's hard. And God needs to be the one who comes along and helps to soften it. Well, of course. And as well, if you are living by wisdom yourself and living like Jesus, uh, there's going to be a contrast between the turmoil they're going through and what they see in you. Yes, because a a person who walks in wisdom, you know, I, I go back to... The verse, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence and his children will have a place of refuge. You and I could have so many trials surrounding us and we've lived like that. But if we're living to please Jesus and we're standing on his promises, there is a confidence there and there's a refuge there. And even if you don't have a spouse that's living by wisdom, you can still live by sure, wisdom. You could still you could still do that. You have to ask yourself, you know, what kind of husband or wife do I want to be? Do right. I want to be one who pleases me, pleases my spouse, or pleases the Lord? Okay, the last one is the right answer. And Proverbs is full of instruction on how to get along with people and have a better life. Yes. And so we touched on just some simple ways to communicate. We had the first three episodes of this series discussing how to communicate because usually that's where a big breakdown is in the marriage. So if you haven't heard those episodes, go back and listen to them. And those are my thoughts for this is to just be that man or woman who submits yourself to the Lord and stands on his word, stands for his word, regardless of what somebody is saying, doing, or responding. Right. And if you don't know what God's word says... Find out. Read it. It's right there. Yeah. Okay. Read it. Search it out. So those are my thoughts. They are, once again, great thoughts. I'm Eric Engel. And I'm Jolene Engel at JoleneEngel.com. Till next time. Bye-bye.